Gonzaga has time to do something. Sox for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Classic basketball game. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode and a brand new season of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. In tonight's episode, we'll be looking at some of the notable roster moves that have gone on prior to the season starting tomorrow night revealing my first weekly NBA power rankings. You guys are going to want to stay tuned for that. We'll be talking Lakers. We'll be talking NBA opening night. And later, Fonz DeFalco, member of Review and Preview, host of Four Corners, joins the show to talk Knicks and preview their season opener. You can also follow at the 3 and D on Twitter to stay updated with breaking news around the leagues and news on episodes and uploads. But first things first, we have... Official review and preview merch is here and is available on our bonfire site. Head over to the link in our bio to get your RP sweatshirt, t shirt, coffee mug, and more. Go represent. You guys asked, you shall receive. So, jumping right into it, we had a bunch of roster moves that went down this, this past last couple of days. Uh, basically, and a couple really stood out. The big, the biggest one. A few of the biggest ones that I thought Grizzlies cutting Chris Dunn was right at the top of the list. Former 2016 lottery pick. He signed a two-year $10 million deal last year with the Hawks and barely played, kind of moved around a little bit. The Grizzlies got their hands on him this offseason. They decided to cut him. He didn't make the cut for their final roster. They decided to keep um, Sam Merrill and John Conchar instead of him. So... Played very little due to injury last season, so he's going to be a hot commodity, in my opinion, uh, during the the waiver period. And you know, play teams looking for the, their fifteenth guy. There are a lot of teams out there that have only kept fourteen, so he's going to be an interesting one, definitely. And we got a couple of comments right here: John Rankin, Paul, Paul, Paul. Let's go NBA Bulls all day. What's up, Jr.? Nice to see you, Tom Scavetta, Little Buck. Banner tomorrow night. We're going to be getting right into that. We're going, to, we're going to be reviewing that for sure. But jumping back into it, um, the another of the big moves: Rockets cut Dante Axum, uh, former fifth overall pick in 2014. I thought that that was kind of interesting. They, it made a little sense because they're they're really going in their rebuilding, uh, their that rebuilding mode. They ended up cutting Anthony Lamb and with who was one, on one of their two way contracts, a rookie from Vermont last year. And uh, they picked up they picked up another young player. Um, I forgot which I forgot who specifically they picked up. Um, I know Jolie Gai went to the Wizards uh, after the Lakers. He went undrafted this year out of Gonzaga. Good player, good two way guard. Um, and then another interesting one too that was the Celtics cut Jabari Parker. Now that. Now that was that was a somewhat interesting one. I thought I think that Jabari Parker played well. So you know he was the he was the number two pick, obviously former twenty point per game scorer. He signed a non guaranteed deal this year with the Celtics after spent splitting time with Sacramento and the Celtics last season. But 
I thought it was kind of interesting that they cut him just because he gives them veteran depth. Um, when he played in Sacramento, like he did, did not get very much time to begin the season in Sacramento, but when he did play, he was pretty effective. But this, and then the Celtics got their hands on him. He didn't really play that much towards down the stretch of the season. So they decided to part ways with him. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. He's still only 26 years old. We'll definitely get some looks on the waiver wire. There's definitely going to be teams that are that might give him their 15th spot or um, invite him to join their G League. He'll worst case scenario, he'll he can play in the G League. Question is, is he going to do that or maybe sign overseas? Be very interesting to tell. So a few other interesting roster moves. Dennis Smith Jr. made the Trailblazers opening night team. He was on non-guaranteed contract after splitting time with the Knicks and the Pistons last year. He made the Trailblazers opening day opening night uh opening night roster. The Bulls also converted Tyler Cook's deal to a two-way contract. Big man out of Iowa, bounced around the last few years. So he's going to be on a two-way deal for the Bulls this season. Um, a couple, a couple more interesting ones to Avery Bradley was claimed by the Lakers. He obviously, he signed a non-guaranteed deal with the Warriors this season, played in their training camp, uh, and didn't make the team. It didn't seem like it was, didn't seem very likely that he was going to make the team because they're kind of, they're very deep with backcourt help, especially after drafting Moses Moody, uh, re-signing Damian Lee. And they, they're kind of, they with Clay Thompson coming back, they didn't really have much use for Avery Bradley, so he'll be rejoining the Lakers. They picked him up on their 15th spot. They also had Jay Huff on the, another two-way contract. So, very a couple of very interesting moves. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The the Knicks too have 14 men. We'll get deeper into the Knicks in a few when we get Fonz to come on, but. They got 14 definite guys uh, on their regular roster, two on their two ways, and one guy who, as of now, is their 15th guy. We'll go over that in a little bit, but they're going to definitely be keeping an eye out on the waiver wire to to see if anybody notable um, they want to pick up. I personally think Chris Dunn could be a good option. Um, I think Garrison Matthews could be a good option. I think that there's a bunch of guys out there that's there's a bunch of free agents out there that can definitely – uh, provide some help that it can be off the bench for for the Knicks this season. I, I think there's a lot of choices out there. When I jump over the roster moves, today was insane with extensions. We saw a ton of young players getting long-term extensions, some somewhat long-term, but we saw extensions going around. First first of all, um, DeAndre Aiden did not sign an extension with the Suns. So he'll be a free agent after this year. Colton Sexton also did not sign his extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he'll be a restricted free agent after this year. Uh, those two guys who are becoming stars in this league uh, were not able to agree on extension terms with their teams. So they were a lot of people were expecting both of them to get over 100 and 100 mil um, on a four or five year deal. And. We're not able to land that. But some of the guys who did get extensions, first of all, the Atlanta Hawks, Kevin Herter got an extension, four years, 65 mil. Um, the sharp three-point shooter who was lights out in this year's playoffs. He was one of the main reasons why the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. I think he was fantastic watching him every game of that Knicks series. Uh, he was great. He's a great two-way guard. Deserves every penny of that contract. I think that he's a pivotal part for the Hawks moving forward. And he was a tremendous draft pick, tremendous find late uh, late in, in the lottery. I I think that that Herder, four-year 65, that's, that's a pretty good guess. And then the Phoenix Suns, too, Landry Shamit. So Landry Shamit got four years, 43. Um, I'm glad to see it, too. This is another guy I'm glad to see get paid. Uh, he's bounced around. He's... Ever since coming to the league, he's been a consistently good player. I uh, played for the Clippers, played for the Nets, and then he bound, Then he got traded over to the Suns. And he, he bounces around a ton. Great three, great three and D guy named the show right there. But um, you know he's he is a great all around player, I think. And the Phoenix really showed him some love without ever playing a game for the Suns yet. They picked him up this off season and they gave him four years, 43 mil. So I think that that was 
uh, that was a very good move on the Suns' part, and that they also weren't done with that. Their star small forward Michael Bridges, who's their starter, former lottery pick in 2018, gave four years 90 mil. And I'll say it once, and I've said it a million times. I said it before the draft. The Knicks should have drafted him in Kevin Knox's spot. I wanted him since then, and this kind of just proves that he was a great part of that team that made it all the way to the NBA Finals this past year. I think that four years, 90 mil is great. I love to see it. Um, that was an important extension, too, for the team to keep uh, to try to keep this nucleus together because he's he was one of the, the key parts of their deep run last year. He's a great def- – he's a lockdown defender, uh, good mid-range three-point shooter. He does a little bit of everything, and and it's good to see him get paid. And then a cut, and then another long-term one, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies got four years, 105 mil. So he got paid before John Morant got paid, um, which kind of makes sense because Jackson was drafted before him. But – um, he got a hundred. He got a hundred and five mil. He was set, I think, to become a free. So, good money, good get for the Grizzlies. Uh, could have saw this one coming. A lot of people thought that he was going to send the extension. Uh, he's coming off of the an injury that derailed his season last year, and um, a lot of people think that he's going to take a big step forward. So. I think the Grizzlies think the same, and he's a big part of their team going forward. So Dylan Brooks already got an extension. I'm sure John Morant's extension is going to be in the works very soon. So they're they're trying to lock up their guys, which I like to see because I think the Grizzlies are going to have a shockingly good year this year. I think that's they're going to be healthy, and they're going to figure things out. Dylan Brooks might miss the beginning of the season, but besides that, once everybody gets healthy, I think the Grizzlies are going to be pretty solid this year. And then a couple of two-year deals, Grayson Allen got – an extension without ever playing a game for the Bucks. Another great player, um, good two-way guard, does a little bit of everything, can shoot, was obviously a tremendous college player at Duke. Every, you either loved him or hated him. Uh, everybody knew the name. All college basketball fans knew the name. He got two years, 20 mil from the Bucks. I think that was a good move. Um, it'll make things very interesting to see if they extend DiVincenzo because he's the, he's the next guy up that they're going to – be questioning, you know, they re-signed Pat Connaughton. Um, I think that this kind of move kind of assures them of a starting shooting guard, even if they don't extend DiVincenzo. Uh, they're still waiting on to see how he returns from his injury. So Grayson Allen was a good move. I thought that trade was fantastic. They gave up Sam Merrill in the second-round pick for Grayson Allen, who can jump in and be their starting two right off the bat. So I think that that was a good move. And also Malcolm Brogdon, too. <laughs> on the Pacers. He already had two years left of his contract. He signed that four-year deal a couple of off-seasons ago with the Indiana, and he had two years left on that contract. He re-upped to two years, 45 mil, so now he's got four years left on his contract. Um, another good move, they're going to be paying him 22 and a half a year. Uh, one of the key parts of that Indiana offense, um, a great playmaker. He's gotten better as his career has gone on, he kind of burst onto the scene. Everybody saw him in college. He was great at Virginia, but he's turned into a tremendous pro and he's become a pretty consistent 17 and seven type of player, 17.7 assists. He can shoot. He can do, he's a tremendous point guard, great playmaker. And I think that was a good extension. And I think that him and Karis Levert in that backcourt could be a very deadly combo. And you got, you're going to have TJ Warren coming back from injury. You got Sabonis, you got Jeremy Lamb too. I think, I think the Pacers are going to figure it out. I think it's, I think it's going to be very, um, very interesting to see. I definitely think so. And we got Donald Hill bearded Paul. What's up? I got the beard going. That's Hill right there. Go check out three man weave tremendous podcast. Um, they'll be on the, they'll, they'll definitely be making an appearance sometime soon. That's for sure. But back to Brogdon. Um, he, I think it was a good move. I think it was a good extension for the Pacers. I think that, um, he is a key part of that offense. And I think Rick Carlisle too coming in is going to be a, a tremendous addition and kind of, kind of a move that they haven't seen in a while. I don't think 
uh, for the Pacers. I think that they've they've needed a head coach to his caliber. Um, the Nate McMillan experience should have gone a lot longer than it did, and we learned that with the Hawks now. But um, I think that Carlisle is going to turn around. I think Brogdon getting an extension was really important for the team, though, to, uh, to lock him up. So now jumping over, those were all the key roster moves and extensions that happened. Obviously, there's so much stuff that you – can barely keep track of. It's difficult. You got roster moves going on all day, two-way contracts going on, uh, two people getting two-way contracts, people taking away two-way contracts. I saw, I'm pretty sure the Lakers have signed, gave out a two-way contract, took one away, um, signed another one. They, it, it's, it's very difficult to keep track of, but those were the key ones that really stood out. So now jumping into it, Every week, we're going to be starting my weekly power rankings for the NBA season. Obviously, this week, there's no games. You can only rely on the preseason, but this is going to be my preseason top five right here. And first things first, number five, I have the Chicago Bulls. So I'm going to show love to the Chicago Bulls. I loved what they did this offseason, adding Lonzo Ball, adding DeMar DeRozan. I think Zach Levine is a beast. I think Nikola Vucevic is a beast. And they went 4-0 this preseason, too. So that's nothing to laugh about. I, I got them ranked at number five in my, in my week one power rankings. They also have a very, very light load to start this season. This upcoming week, their opening night is Wednesday at Detroit. Then they play Friday at home against the Pelicans. And then Saturday at home against the Pistons. So they got the Pistons twice this week on opening night. So I think that the Bulls are going to be really good. I think that they're going to be fighting for a top five spot in the East. I'm I'm really excited to see them. I'm really excited because I think that Lonzo, I think Lonzo, one big thing that's going to be interesting to watch out for too is I think DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are going to be great scoring, um, a great scoring combination. But I think Alonzo and Nikola Vucevic is going to be a really, really good duo. I really, I've got a feeling about that. Alonzo always is good with a dominant big man. Vucevic is or is underrated one of the best big men in the league. I think they did all of their roster moves. They made a lot of sexy moves too. They, you know, they they signed some big names and stuff, but they they it all works though. That's like the key that I think was big about it and was really exciting about the I think that they're all going to mesh well together. You know, you got Caruso off the bench too. You got you got some gritty players and you know, so I like the way that it's headed. And then number 4, I got the Los Angeles Lakers. So, not ranked as high as uh, you know, some people might have for the preseason. They went 0 6 this preseason. In a little bit we'll get into um my thoughts on, you know, if you should be worried about that. Don't necessarily think that it's too much cause for concern because it is the preseason, but I do have the Rangers Lakers ranked at four. Um, on Tuesday, they open up, which is tomorrow night, at home against the Golden State Warriors. Then on Friday, they play at home against the Phoenix Suns. And then Sunday, they play at home against the Memphis Grizzlies. So they got three tough games to open up the season, but all three games are at home. So be very interesting to see how they start off the season and where we're looking next Monday for my week two power rankings. Then number three, we got the reigning champs banner night tomorrow night, the Milwaukee Bucks. They went up one and four this preseason. Wasn't great. Uh, they, but they, they underperformed a little bit, but you know, they're coming off of, you can't rank them much lower than three, especially coming off. They're bringing basically everybody back coming off of it their championship run they open up tomorrow night against the brooklyn nets at home and it's going to be banner night they'll be raising their 2021 nba champions banner so that's going to be fun to watch uh so they'll be opening up tomorrow night then thursday they're at miami and saturday they're at san antonio so first two games are tough i think brooklyn and then at miami is very tough at san antonio i don't think san antonio is going to be um extremely competitive this season but Whenever you have to go to San Antonio, that's never an easy task as long as Greg Popovich is there. So it'd be interesting to see how they fare with those three games this upcoming week. But I think I think tomorrow night, I'm really excited for Bucks versus Nets because not only is it banner night, I think that's going to be must-watch TV. I'm excited to see Giannis and KD going back at it for the first time since KD stepped on the line. And uh, 
and hit the long two that ended up not sending them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then number two, I have the Miami Heat. The Heat re-upped this offseason. They obviously made it to the finals in 2020 in the bubble. Um, had a little bit of a down year last year. I mean, they they still played well, but they didn't perform as high as a lot of teams thought. They a lot of people thought that you know they'd make a stronger push for the uh for the championship, but they got Kyle Lowry now this offseason. I think that they're going to be a lot better team. And they open up Thursday night, too. They only have two games this upcoming week. They open up Thursday nights at home against the Bucs, as, as I just said, with the Bucs being the three seed. That's that's the Heat's opening night, and that will be the Bucs' second game of the season. And then they're in San Antonio on Saturday. So those are two, those, they're in Indiana on Saturday, I should say. Um, those are two tough games. Only have two games opening week, but they went five and one in the preseason. I think Jimmy Butler's healthy. I think that the Jimmy Butler Kyle Lowry combo is going to be really, really interesting. We got Hill with a couple more comments. I'm definitely high on the Bulls. Me too. That's for sure. The Heat are dangerous. That's for sure too. Um, I think that the Bulls and the Heat are going to be are going to be two very interesting teams that could dominate the East. I think the East could go in a lot of different directions this year, which is what I'm really excited about. So I think that there could be a lot of different scenarios. I think the Heat are going to be in it. I think the Bulls are going to be in it. Uh, the Heat went fully healthy, too. I think Tyler Hero is going to have a bounce-back year. You know, he had a lot of people uh, dogging him last year because he was he, he kind of underperformed a little bit, had, you know, some off-the-court things going on. There was in the media a lot. No, nothing negative, but – you know, a lot of people were kind of like dogging him for that. I think he's going to bounce back this year. He's got too much talent. I think that that Heat team is going to be nice. And I got them ranked number two preseason. And then number one, the only team that I haven't mentioned yet, so it's pretty obvious, the Brooklyn Nets. I got to rank them at number one, even without without Kyrie. They went three and one in the preseason. Uh, they're in Milwaukee tomorrow night to open up the season. Then Friday, they're in Philadelphia. And then Sunday, they're at home against Charlotte. So... Two of those three games should definitely be wins. Uh, the Milwaukee game should be an interesting one. They should win in Philly, especially if there's no Ben Simmons. And they should definitely beat Charlotte at home. But it's, it's, uh, but I got the Brooklyn Nets number one. I think that even without Kyrie, that James Harden-Kevin Durant duo is arguably the best duo in the in the entire league. I think that they're going to be fantastic. They, they signed a bunch of... Good veterans too. You got Paul Millsap coming off the bench now. You got Patty Mills coming off the bench now. Like this is a much deeper team than they were last year. They had to trade away all of their depth in order to get James Harden. So they kind of like so they kind of banked on Harden, Kyrie, and KD being the show and nothing really around them. But now, even without Kyrie, they've got a ton more depth. Lamarcus Aldridge is back. Blake Griffin is back. They got. Uh, they got so many veterans, and I think that they're going to have a great year, even if Kyrie sits out for a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting the, to see how much they fall and how much teams can figure them out without Kyrie, because Kyrie is a difference maker. But you know, be interesting to see. So those are those are my week one power rankings, and heading to the next topic, NBA opening night. We kind of already went through it, but we'll go through it again. Um, tomorrow night is NBA opening night, ladies and gentlemen. It is here. It is a magical time. The NBA season is back. College basketball will be back in a few weeks, and we'll start going over that too. But we've got two games on slate for tomorrow night that are going to be fantastic. First one at 7.30 tomorrow night will be the Brooklyn Nets at the Milwaukee Bucks. It'll obviously be banner night for the Bucks. The main headlines will be banner night for the Bucks, no Kyrie for the Nets, Interesting to see how the Nets will play without their star point guard. Um, the pregame will be fantastic to see the rings going out, to see the the ban- that banner raising. I don't care who wins the NBA Finals. I always love seeing banner night, regardless of what team it is. I always love watching uh, a team raise that banner to the rafters. It's just it's fun to watch. It's awesome seeing all the returning players get excited their rings getting sent out it was it's just a, it's just a fun overall night and i'm glad that they're doing that on opening night to the first game of the entire season is in milwaukee so that'll be a good one and then second game 
which will be the which will be the late cap, the night cap on the West Coast. Golden State Warriors at the Los Angeles Lakers at 10 o'clock p.m. Uh, it's going to be the debut of the big three in L.A., the big three that went 0-6 in the preseason and drew a lot of concerns. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. It'd be very interesting to see how they fare against the Golden State Warriors. I think Golden State got better this offseason. They're going to be healthy, too. There's still no clay right now. Clay Thompson hasn't been cleared to practice yet, but I think that um, – He's going to be he's going to be well on his way soon, and it's going to be very. Uh, I think that's going to be a difference a difference maker when he gets back too. And I think that the Warriors look a lot better. Uh, you know, they re-signed Andre Iguodala. They brought him back. They brought in um, Nemanja Bijalitsa. They brought in Otto Porter Jr. They brought in a few guys who you know can can fill out their bench a little bit uh, that they haven't had over the last two seasons as they struggled a bit. They've had more of a rookie bench. They also had two lottery picks that they took Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody, who two guys I think are going to be great NBA players. Uh, Kuminga is going to be a great two-way forward. Moses Moody is a lethal shooter. And obviously when you have, have Steph and Clay, you really don't need any more shooting. But it's the last thing anybody needs is to worry about a shooter off the bench, but that's exactly what they did with Moses Moody. I think he's going to be a great all-around score, too. So I think that the Warriors are looking good. I think that they're they're going to they can give the Lakers a run. You know, obviously when you got Steph Curry in your lineup, you can never count a team out. So it'll be very very uh, interesting. I'm very excited for uh, tomorrow night. That's for sure, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Banner night going to have Warriors versus Lakers. I, I'm also very interested to see how the Lakers really mesh too. They didn't mesh that well in the preseason. I think the regular season is going to be a difference, going to be different. Um, that kind of jumps us into the next topic. Is the Lakers 0-6 a cause for concern? Now, Lakers went 0-6 this preseason. A lot of people jumping the gun, you know, thinking that it's the way Russell Westbrook experiment is not going to work. Uh, Trevor Ariza is going to miss a ton this season. They got Carmelo Anthony off the bench. They obviously have a loaded veteran team. They got a ton of future Hall of Famers on the team. Dwight Howard's off the bench now, too. Rajon Rondo. Um, they got an absolutely loaded squad. But 0-6 in the preseason, you know, it, they pre, – preseason is for figuring things out. And – I think that it's going to be interesting to see how long it, how long it takes to figure it out. I do think, even though I don't think an zero and six is really a cause for concern for like the Lakers to be a bad team this year. I do think though that their struggles are going to spill over into the regular season a bit because they're still learning how to play together. Anybody who watched their preseason games saw that they struggled a bit with their chemistry, and of course, when you bring in a, a star caliber player like Russell Westbrook who's a ball-dominant player, match him up with LeBron James, who's also a ball-dominant player, um, there's there's going to be an adjustment period. And Anthony Davis is a ball-dominant player, but has learned to uh, – he basically does a lot of other things and has learned to complement LeBron a lot better too. So I don't necessarily think that it means the Lakers are going to be a bad team this year. I think that there will be some struggles spilling over. I don't see them having – Losses, you know, 17 loss, 18 losses. I feel like they're going to probably have in the 20s or something like that. They may struggle a bit to start the season, uh, and hopefully they stay healthy. If they stay healthy, I think they're going to be great. Obviously, if they if they don't, then you know, it's you you can never count that out with Anthony Davis and LeBron aging a bit, having his most injury filled season last year. Um, it's going to, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I, I don't necessarily think it's a, a Owen six is a cause for concern. I think that, uh, the struggles will spill over a bit. They could, you know, if I wouldn't be shocked to seeing an opening, I'd lost to the Warriors tomorrow night. Um, I wouldn't be too shocked seeing them lose to either the Suns or the Grizzlies in the second or third game, you know, maybe starting off like two and five, two and four, something like that. I like, I could see that happening. And I also wouldn't jump the gun saying that that's, you know, count them out. They're, this experiment is not going to work. LeBron's old, whatever. Um, I still give them time. I think that they will have to adjust, though, to everything that's going on. 
So that's that's my thoughts on the Lakers. And jumping over from the Lakers, we're going to talk about the Knicks. We got Fonz DeFalco coming on the show too. Diehard Knicks fan. What is up, Fonz? How are I'm we so, doing? I'm good, Paul. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. Love to talk some Knicks. It's great to have you back on here, right? It's like your second week back. Feeling good? So sec- my second week back. Feeling great. Feeling great. I love it. You know, good, good, good. back back into uh, regular season form and – you know, we got fourth week of fourth week, I believe, of four corners. Yeah, the fourth uh, fourth episode just came out, uh, literally right before uh, you just started up. So we had Justin Del Rio on from Nerds of Wrestling. Definitely check yeah. it out too. If uh, it's on the audio version, it'll be going up tomorrow. So, but I'm here to talk uh, talk some Knicks, talk some hoops. Yes, right. for sure. Definitely, everybody, go check that out. Review and preview. We got jam packed Monday nights mm-hmm. every coming to you every Monday night now with the basketball season starting. But now let's jump over to the Knicks. We're both diehard Knicks fans. Um, the Knicks seventeen man roster came out. Uh, well, it kind of came out. We signed Luka Shamanich to a two way contract uh, to go along with Jericho Sims. Wayne Selden looks like he's going to be our fifteenth man on the roster. That's kind of a TBD. It looks like they cut Dwayne Bacon. They cut Luca Vildoza, who never ended up playing a game for the Knicks. They were pretty high on him um, from his play from his play overseas. But you know, where do you think? How do you think the Knicks roster is looking? What are what are your thoughts on the moves this offseason? Some of the extensions. What What do you think? Where do you think the Knicks stand going into the season? Uh, well, so it's really with them. We kind of knew they were gonna, you know try to you know always try to get that big name free agent as always because you know it's new york obviously but they kind of went a little bit of a different route when you really think about it i mean they brought back in alec burks uh they let reggie bullock go i know they weren't going to bring both of them back you knew they both played very well you know as as their roles were going to be like more bench guys off the bench maybe start a game or two if an injury came about you couldn't bring them both back because you want to keep the cash pace for more people coming in i like that they kept burks over bullock i like bullock don't get me wrong but Burks, you, you've seen it, Paul, too. There's games where he can drop 20 on any given exactly. night, too. And he can defend decently, you know, as we're bulk, as he's more known as just a defensive guy and maybe can shoot a three here and there, too. But I think with, with Tom Thibodeau's, like, the way he's running with the offense with the guards, you want to have a guy like Burks there off the bench. So I think that that's fine. They brought back Taj Gibson, a veteran presence. You know, I mean, I joke with, with Taj Gibson, but, you know, he's not a bad guy to come off the bench to be a veteran, a veteran guy to have you there, too. Yeah, uh, They kept... Uh, Neurons the what was it? How did they resign him for how long? Was it what was it how many years again? I think it was if I'm not mistaken. They got him three years. Yeah. Three, three years, three years, thirty something, I want which, to say. Which is it, which I mean, honestly, he played very well and Mitch was down. And I like I mean, yeah. look, I'm a Mitch fan. I want him to do well, but he yep. is injury prone, you know, and that's that's we kind of saw it like, you know, at some point you wish you kind of had him on there, but Noel played well in his own right. So I thought it was good to 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 bring him back here too. Uh, I, as far as like with like even like the fifteenth man, I kind of thought they were going to keep Bacon on the roster because he is a guy that's yeah. been you know wasn't bad with the Hornets that one year with the Magic. I thought like you know it'd be a good kind of just role player to have for them off the team, but he didn't make the roster. And like you said, I I think uh, Selden what Wayne Selden right? I think he this is his, yeah he's played a couple of scenes. I know with like the Bulls, I know the Grizzlies, but he he bounced around from G League NBA yeah. and whatever too. So he's going to be our yeah he's like he's going to be the fifteenth guy. And then the two-way guys, too, Sims was like our second-round pick, so that's not yep. I mean, what you see in the case, too. A lot of second-round picks are now two-way guys, too. It's The roster's looking – I mean, it's pretty much similar to how it was kind of last year. Outside of its few guys, Bullock and Frank Nielakita are gone. They're going to bring these new guys in, like yeah. Miles McBride and, and Quentin Grimes, just for example, too. But, you know, I'm I'm excited for the roster. I mean, Derek Rose played really well for us in the last couple of games, too. So now we can see him with a full offseason – with the Knicks, that'd be kind of fun to to watch. He played, I think he played. You know, obviously his Bulls tenure was the best, but this is like it was a nice revive to see him in a Knicks uniform, looking really well. And then you know, I'm excited to see Julius Randle. Obviously, Mitch hopefully is nice and healthy. And then you know, of course, the big name also Kemba Walker was your was your big free agent bring into so to help out that point guard need. But it's I guess that's just more of like an excitement kind of. I feel like, Paul, how many years have we talked about it too? Like just every how like oh Knicks are gonna Knicks. I don't know how I'm going to feel. Exactly. But just hopefully to get to 500. That's it. But like, this is the first time in a while that, like, you know, it's like, you know, last year I was somewhat positive because I didn't know. But like, now I'm like, you know, I'm really positive heading into this. Oh, yeah. Really good. 
for sure. This is the first year in a long time, I think, since the right after the 12-13 season, we actually had high mm-hmm. expectations going into the season. I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. Last year was a surprise, but I think this team got even better. I think they play so well under Thibodeau. I think that the the team is set up so perfectly for Thibodeau's system, too. He loves – you know, I – I could have called that Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson extension from a mile away <laughs> because that's literally – I saw something like, you know, uh, Tom Thibodeau will probably be Derrick Rose's best man at his wedding. I would not surprise me. The, well, if anything, too, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, going to be there. I It would not surprise me. They – it's it's like a father son type of relationship, and it's so awesome to see. Derrick Rose plays so hard too, and he's a great guy to have off the bench. Obviously, we all know how he how amazing he was in his prime, but he still has a little bit of that juice left too. You know, you can still see a little bit of prime Derrick Rose at times, mm-hmm. from time to time. It's nice to see he's not nearly as as athletic as he was, but he can still take over games, and he still has that presence on the court too. Mm-hmm. That's is intimidating to uh, to the rest of the league. There's no doubt about that. And he's a smart player too, big game player. I think it's I think that was a fantastic move bringing him back. Uh, I think Alec Burks was a tremendous move, just like you were saying too. You know, Burks was one of our key scorers last year off the bench. He when he gets hot too, he gets hot. Like he's he's tough to stop. And he was a more important sign than Reggie Bullock. I I I like Reggie Bullock a lot. Um, I thought he was a good three and D type of player, but it's, you know, I, I, the money should have gone to Burks. I also liked the Nerlens Noel signing too, mm-hmm. because Mitch love Mitch, but he's always hurt. Nerlens Noel played great last year, had the best, probably the best year of his career. When you Top look at it and blocks too, like, Oh yeah. When you look at it as a, def- at a defensive standpoint and you know, his, his, impact in war and everything you know you want to go into the analytical stats and stuff Nerlens Noel was at the top of the league on the defensive end last mm-hmm. season and he I think that his presence is big off the bench I think that he's if because if Mitch goes down you got a legitimate big man now to to come in if Mitch is struggling a little bit too you got I think I think the all-around depth is great I think Evan Fournier too was an underrated pickup um you know then pretty solid. Another great. I mean, spent a long time with the Magic, good scoring guy defender yeah. too. Yeah, that's also with another great move they did too. Not the big name signings that you know us Knicks fans are always saying, but it worked. Exactly. Moves. That's it. That's all they needed to do. And I like the I like the direction that they're going to. I said it all last season too that they're not getting infatuated with trying to get one of the big name players demanding a trade for Damian Lillard train like four first round picks. I would love Damian Lillard. But, oh, you know, yeah. Train four first round picks and RJ or something like that. And like, you know, doing something that would mess up the young core. I like the way that they're really going through with the rebuild. They, one of the main reasons I think that we've been so unsuccessful in the past 20 years too, is that we give up on the rebuild too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were going through a rebuild after the Patrick Ewing era and we abandoned it when we brought in Stefan Marbury. Then yeah. we started going under a, a rebuild again for a couple of years and we abandoned it when we brought in Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And then we start going under a rebuild again and then, and then poor Zingas demanded his way out. So now they actually have a legitimate, um, they got luck. They got, they found a diamond in the rough with Julius Randle and he's become a star player. RJ Barris becoming a great player, and they accumulated the right amount of draft picks. They drafted well to Emmanuel quickly with a tremendous draft pick. I think I think Obi Toppin's going to have a bounce back sophomore season too. He looked great in the preseason. He looks so much more confident too. I think they're finally starting to go through with this rebuild. They got a good head coach. They got the and they have the right head coach too because Tom Thibodeau is a New York Knicks type of head coach. He's a New York basketball type of head coach. He's a gritty guy. He's going to run this team hard. That and that's that's how they're built too. And even and you even saw that in the draft too, drafting Miles McBride. I mean, Miles McBride was one of the dirtiest, hard-nosed players in college basketball yeah. the past season. He that that's what he's known for, diving after loose balls and stuff like that. There was no shock that Thibodeau wanted him. So I think that it's, those were all great moves. Um, they 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 have a very high ceiling this year. I think that they're going to they're they're going to figure a lot of things out. They still have um, they're still you know 
definitely not championship contenders. They're still done some years away from that, but they're starting to build in the direction, I think. And I agree. We listen. We're not. I'm not expecting. You know, it's Nixon four finals. You know, listen, yeah, you be exactly. But I am. I mean, I think they have a very good shot to make the playoffs this season. Oh, yeah. There's no question about. It. And I think. I mean, you like you said, the Thibodeau has a bunch of these guys that are perfect for them. And there's a lot of things that these guys have to prove. Campbell Walker wants to prove that. Listen, like that last year was just a. You know, just everyone has that one bad season. He wants to prove that he is still a top point guard in the league. No, no, Obi Toppin. Yeah. We're gonna be like, oh, bust. People are impatient. We're like, oh, bust. He has a lot to prove this year. They'd be like, hey, like I'm actually, a, I was a former national player of the year. There's reasons why I was drafted high. Julius Randle, probably people are saying, oh, one-year wonder. He'll go back to being just a regular average player. And even like with Derek Rose, who I think now in a backup role is going to be a lot better because he doesn't have to, he takes the pressure off him. People are going to say, well, he's still old. He still has bad knees. He has a lot to prove too. You have a lot of guys here that have so much to prove. And when you get a bunch of guys like that with a guy like Tom Thibodeau, you're going to get a really like a hungry roster and probably give a lot of these higher echelon teams a tough battle too. You know, like they, they're not going to be, they're not going to be blown out a lot. I don't think this year too, it's going to be a lot of tough hard in those games. It's exactly it. And it's similar to last season, you know, they, they're going to play these tough teams well, and they're going to be gritty against them too. And they're going to, they're, they, if you're going to beat the Knicks, you're going to have to earn your win. That's, that's the way this team is built. And not necessarily they're going to be a tremendous team uh, that's going to be a title contender. That's definitely not going to be the case. They'll probably be fighting for uh, one of the spots ahead of the play and maybe a five or six seed, something like that is, that is what I think maybe like a seven or something. Cause I think the East is a lot better. It all depends on how the season goes, but if they get hot, you know, they, I mean, they ended up with a four seed last year. If they get hot, you need the, you never know what's going to happen, but things are going to start to click. Um, it's going to be a very interesting year for RJ Barrett too. I think his third season, it's going to tell a lot. He's looked good in the preseason. His jump shots gotten a lot better. And I think him, if he can really establish himself as a great Robin to Julius Randall's bad man, I think that's the, this team is going to be set for a long time. And I, I completely agree with that, too. I, I got a question for you, Paul, because we forgot. We didn't even mention him, too. But, I mean, this is a guy that I've been back and forth with. What's going to happen? Like, do we just give up on Kevin Knox now heading into his board? Yeah. See, like, I got I to gotta ask you that, though, too, because, like, I was high on him coming out of college. I thought he was like, oh, my God, I won bed. He had – well, not – his first season was pretty good. Second season, yeah. my guy, sophomore slump will come back. What was like, third season less than, like, three points a game or something like that. I didn't even play the court a lot. Like, his minutes went down and everything. Like – I gotta ask you though, like, what's gonna happen with Knox now? Like, that's a that's a guy who has a lot to prove now, but I don't know if he fits in this rotation with all these guys. He does. I feel uh, he he does have a lot to prove. I feel like that the that basically the jury is closed on Knox. Um, we saw it at the end of last season. Thibodeau basically stopped playing him. Uh, we basically know what we're going to get from him. He's a three and D type player, but he's a bit of an inconsistent shooter, and he's been you know um. He's struggled on the defensive end too. He's never really been able to put it together. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's not going to be a good NBA player. I think that oh, he's, no. yeah, no, and I know that you definitely don't think that either, but I don't think that he's necessarily not necessarily going to be a good NBA player, but I think that his time with the Knicks is probably expired. Like I'm honestly shocked that they did not deal him this off season because there's really no room for him. What was that? I didn't think he would make the like. There was a there was a yeah. good argument or reason. I'd be like, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they cut him. Like that's what I thought, but you Ex- know, exactly. No, I I wasn't. I wouldn't have been surprised. I think he's gonna be a fine player. I just didn't. I think when yeah. you look at like I look back, he was drafted ninth overall. Could have had a guy like Mikel Bridges, Shy Alexander, Miles Bridges. I would have. You know, I mean, yeah. personally, I look at I could take those guys over Knox. You know, but I think oh, Knox will be a. I think he'll be a decent player, but I think at nine overall. You kind of feel like like oh we kind of missed out on somebody else there too. No, definitely. And I and the big guy I wanted was Michael Bridges. I loved him out of Villanova. I really wanted Michael Bridges pick and he's available. And when it knocked over him, wasn't I? I was more annoyed because I wanted Michael Bridges, not necessarily because I didn't want Knox. Um, but I do think that I I think that basically the time has just expired with the Knicks. You see, I think that. He, he can go somewhere else and figure it out. He's going to be a free agent after this year. And I think there's probably no shot that they bring him back unless he sh- absolutely shines this year. And, yeah. you know, 
like you know, Frank um, let his contract run. It's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're probably just going to let his free contract play out. And, you know, I thought that they would have tried to deal him this offseason, even for just like a second round pick or like whatever they can get for him just to kind of like get him off the roster. But, you know, I think that it's going to be interesting to see. He's still got a lot to prove. He'll get some garbage minutes and seeing what he does with those minutes, too. Because if he starts, you know, if he starts impressing a bit, Thibodeau, could be quick to jump him back right back into the uh to the rotation too because we know how much Thibodeau changes his rotation um likes he likes to keep a short rotation but he puts the best guys out there so if Knox is really playing well it'll be interesting to see if he gets extra minutes um mm-hmm. i think that but regardless he his time with the Knicks probably is probably up but i think that he can definitely revive his career with a different team, maybe like a smaller market too, or something like that, where he can actually get minutes, maybe a rebuilding team or something like that. Uh, they, where he can get much better shot. I think that he might be able to put something together there, but be, it, it would probably be difficult, no. especially, especially this season with how deep the team is. Exactly. Exactly. You drafted a, you brought in like a Fournier, uh, you know, you bring back Alec Burks, Obi Toppin's going to overtake your spot. So I know the little different positions, but, those yeah. take away those minutes too. And then you bring in a McBride and a, and a Grimes too. Like those are guys that would take away Knox's minutes. So yeah, it would be a lot of DNP CDs probably for the early part of the season, unless injuries happen. Oh, absolutely. And one big question that I got to, I got to ask you oh, is what? first Your of point. all, let's go Knicks. Yeah. I see a lot of back and forth um, from a bunch of different projections for this upcoming season uh who's going to be specifically better a lot of people have the nets and the sixers better but who in your opinion is going to be better you think that we're going to be better or you think the celtics are going to be better because i see a lot of predictions out there saying that the celtics are going to be better than us and i'm not too sure about that i really don't think the celtics are going to be that great this year it's oh it is you know what it's very close i i think when you have i mean i love julius randall obviously but then like you know with the Celtics, they have Tatum and Jalen Brown. You're the yeah. two stars, and probably one of the better players. I mean, in the league, former All Stars or whatever. Too. Oh, it's. I think it's obviously with the two star powers compared to one, but the Celtics depth might be a little bit of a, a question too. Like they always bring yeah. in a rotation of all these guys. I think. I think we have to. I'm gonna. I could see argument with Knicks though because again we have more depth too. I mean, obviously, I would love to have a guy like Tatum or Brown on the roster. You oh, know? of course. But after that, with the Celtics, like, who do they have? You know, yeah. like, I mean, who's gonna be? Who are you gonna? If those two can't play, who are you gonna go for? I mean, I like Marcus Smart, but I don't think you know that's your your third guy, right? Yeah. That's Al Horford, Robert Williams. Yeah, but like the Knicks have you got Randall. You, I mean, Rose off the bench, and you got Barrett, Kemba, like. A lot more depth, so I would say the Knicks strictly because they have the depth. Because the Celtics, after Tatum and Brown, you know who's gonna be a guy you're gonna rely on. That, that's exactly how I feel. I really think the Celtics are gonna struggle big time this year. I think that, that their lack of depth really goes to show once again they had no depth last year, and a lot of people thought that they were gonna be that they were gonna be pretty good. And I had them ranked a lot lower than most teams had the most you know uh, analysts had them ranked, and they ended up being pretty low. I think that's going to be similar this year too. You know, they, they did have an underperformance from Kemba Walker, but a lot of people are thinking that the Celtics are going to bounce back this year. I really don't see the Eastern, the Eastern conference. A lot of people are downplaying the Eastern conference. This is not the Eastern conference of five, six years ago when the West ran everything in the East was terrible and had all the rebuilding teams and stuff. The East is a lot better now. Better. The East, the East is good and the East is going to be competitive. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good teams in the East. There's almost, in my opinion, there's more. Um, the East has better depth than the West does. The West has more star power, for sure. Oh. They still, they still have the, they still have those top teams at the top. But I think overall, the most competitive teams. I think the East has more competitive teams than the West. I would, I would say that too. I mean, like, I mean, this yeah. is the year. Remember the years where the East, like the six, seven, eight seeds had under five hundred records, and they're like yeah, exactly one, one and one and sixteen overall, like. But no, you're you're right. I mean, they still just like you got the LeBrons, well, the whole Lakers team, Kawhi, yeah. Paul George, Damian Lillard, and and whatnot. But yeah, the East you have a, a lot of teams that have just a lot of depth. I mean, I mean, Knicks they have 
Randall's, I think, is a star. Maybe to not the common fan, he's not. Um, and then you got like the the Hawks too. Trey Young, yes. And you got a lot of depth behind him. Uh, Celtics, maybe. Well, no, because it's Tatum and Brown. Um, yeah, but yeah, overall, I feel like I'm just just rambling. But yeah, you got a lot of depth with a lot of these different teams and whatever. As whereas the West can be just a lot of the star players and just a big drop off. Yeah, no, that's absolutely it. I feel like there's only a handful of teams in the West that are really competitive, and I feel like the East is going to be. There's a lot of teams going to be in the mix this year, and that are going to make things very interesting. There's, it's not going to be an easy route in the East. I don't think it's going to be an easy route in the West either. But those are definitely going to be some a couple of uh, interesting things to see. Well, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3 and D. Fonz, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let the fans know where they can find you and all your work. Well, you can follow me on any social media platform at Fonz DeFalco every Monday at 7 o'clock right before the 3 and D. I do a pro wrestling show with Albert Donor and Mike DeSanto called Four Corners. If you're a pro wrestling fan, definitely want to check that out. Also, have the Slick Back Kickback Report, my own personal podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Fonz DeFalco on YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok. It's all simple. Very simple out there. Yeah. Definitely. Everybody go check out Four Corners. Comes on right before this every Monday. And check out the Slick Back Kickback Report. Fantastic podcast for everybody out there. Um, hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week and stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at the new time, 830 p.m. Have a great night, everyone, and we'll see you next Monday.